Warning, we are a spoiler-based podcast. At times, we are also an offensive podcast, and we are most certainly a verbally explicit podcast. So if you fear for any of your delicate sensibilities, please back up now before you reach the point of no return. This is your final warning. Hello and welcome back to Cinematic Anarchy. Thank you for joining us for another episode in a long string of episodes i sound exhausted i really do so i'm trying to come yeah up with, i don't think anything that i've done to open the podcast in a long while has been terribly original so breathing heavily and sighing about the fact that i haven't done anything original is as original as i'm going to get exactly and uh today Chris we are going to be talking his in-laws so he's a sleepy boy we're going to talk about a movie that the three of us all agree we love. However, a large portion the large portion of the IMDB community despises, as well as Rotten Tomatoes. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. This is good-ass fucking movie. I will get into why that is in just a moment. We are going to be discussing... Also, shout out... Hold up, shout out to the Maxi Face on Twitch saying, Damn, I have the day off and I want to be on this even though I haven't seen the movie. Shame on you, Max! This is a fucking classic, bitch! Junie has not seen the movie either. No, I'm pretty sure he has seen the movie, he just needs to rewatch it and like, refresh his memory. Uh, I don't know if you were there for that conversation just when we started. You weren't, because you couldn't get in. But he's physically Ju- told us he's never seen the movie. Junie. Oh, I, oh, he's so lucky angry. I wasn't there for that. I got angry. We, we he's both so angry. lucky I wasn't there to hear that. He almost threw a fit. Tom Tom the Viking here. He, oh, I didn't even introduce you guys. With us today, Miss B and Tom the Viking joining us. Aloha. You're going to need a bigger boat. As I said, movie quote every episode. This quote is from Jaws. We're You're going to need a bigger boat. And to go with your little quote, I'm actually going to recommend a song that my uh, my son over here had actually played for me a little earlier on today by a group called Lemon Demon. It is a song called Jaws. Lemon Demon did okay. a song called Jaws. It is actually a fantastic kind of spot-on synopsis done to music for Jaws. So that's just a slight <laughs> recommendation. Uh, they don't sponsor us or anything to that nature. I'm just throwing that shit out there. And today we're gonna okay. go ahead and uh, we're gonna have, from what I'm understanding from uh, our, my uh, my co-conspirators here, we're gonna be having a very lengthy discussion on Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Yes. Yeah. You guys can make all the faces you want, but they can't see that on the audio portion of the podcast. No, they can't. They can't. We're going to do things, we're talking about shit, this is a great-ass fucking movie, and it has <laughs> terrible reviews. It has... Okay. Okay. I'm so all I have to say is every first. single person who has reviewed it bad will die. Pardon? <coughs> Pardon me. <laughs> I want to talk about those bad reviews first because I've read most of them. I spent a little bit of time going through IMDb. They have reviews going all the way back to, like, 2008. And as far as I'm concerned, the main problem with the reviewers is that they shouldn't have watched the movie to begin with. 
I say that because most of these people watched a movie about Tenacious D expecting a Jack Black movie. So what you're doing yeah. is you're watching a movie about Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, basically something based off of their music, and they're expecting something based off of the the, the actor's particular style. And that's why you get shit reviews, because they watch something that was outside of their wheelhouse, not something that they were particularly interested in. Oh, Jack Black is in this. It's like somebody, somebody that went out and watched Punch Drunk Love with Adam Sandler in it, expecting an Adam Sandler movie, and what they got was... <laughs> I don't know what that movie was. Have you ever seen that? Nope. I've never even heard of it. Let me just tell you this right now. If you like Adam Sandler as a comedic actor, never watch Punch Drunk Love. Okay. It is... I, I like Adam Sandler as a actor in general, personally. I think he's just fucking brilliant. He's a well-rounded person with some of his uh, jobs he's done. Watching Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love is like having, for the first time, watched uh, the number 23. Ah. Uh. I can, yeah. I can watch that movie now and I have an appreciation for it. Yeah, no, I watched it again and, like, I... It's not as bad as I remember it, but it's still, <sighs> like... Mm, it's still not the greatest Jim Carrey movie. But, but the time that the movie came out, it was at the height of his comedic career and he decided to take a complete right-hand turn into that. See, that's and not that's even, like, the thing. Everyone's like... Everyone says that, oh, it's just because you're used to seeing Jim Carrey in, you know, goofy roles. But, like, Jim Carrey's done plenty of serious roles where he's been really good at it. It's just that serious role was not the greatest. Uh, not the greatest. That's a... pretty good. That's not a... his greatest. I think it just, I think, I was going to say, I think it just becomes, at that point, the eye of the beholder. Because for, uh, for some people, yeah. they didn't think it was that good. For others, they thought it was amazing. It This, th this is the key part people understand uh, about like movies and stuff is there's always going to be somebody who views the movie as a terrible movie regardless even if the movie is a fucking work of masterpiece but people are still gonna shit on it because they personally didn't like it that's the point of this whole thing it's, it's an opinion based thing uh, there are some movies that apparently i guarantee we'll all talk about at some point that some of you may think are amazing and that I will think is shit, or vice versa. It's an opinion-based thing, and with that mo the movie 23, I actually personally enjoyed that for Jim Carrey. It was a good movie. Yeah, see, I did like it, but to each their own. Oh, I went really serious for a second, and I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> you can get <laughs> real fucking serious, serious, it's fine. Before, that was not nice. Anyway... A long ass fucking time ago in a town called Kickapoo. Yes. Sorry, I, I fucking know there like almost every one of these songs by heart. And Yeda was the black sheep, and he knew just what to do. His name was Young JB, and he refused to step in. Anyway, line. a vision he did see him rocking all the time. Sorry, you started me off. Why would you? Is this karaoke now? This is karaoke, right? I guess. I guess. I mean, I hope we don't get hit with copyright. But anyway. <laughs> Here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. Uh, Fingers crossed. 
I don't know. The, this movie from like beginning to end is just fucking. It's fun. The dialogue is great. The the, the fucking you guys are badass. <laughs> <laughs> that shit gets me every time. I want to start off. Name your top three scenes in the movie. I I would say normally name your favorite scene, but there's too many. So name your top okay. three. True. Um, okay. You first guys are badass. I have my first name. You guys are badass. That's that's a good one. That's a okay. Good one. The 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 deactivated lasers with his dick thing. Okay. <laughs> Taste my lightning, fuck off. <laughs> okay. So my my my, uh, my my top favorite. Uh, I can't say top five. These are my top favorite three, and then I have a fourth extra. But the first one is the moment where Jack Jack Black meets Kyle Gass on the beach and just starts jamming out and singing to him playing the guitar and just makes it so much fucking better. The second scene being when Jack Black has to do, uh, like, achieves his first cock push-up. Okay, that 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 scene is fucking amazing. He just <laughs> achieves it. And then the third and final scene that I think was amazing was the uh, bit where he's like dreaming w- about having the pick, and like they're rocking out, and then he does that, ah, and then just the guy's fucking head explodes, and you just in, in like in the background, like blurred out, you see it land on the woman. <laughs> I did not mean to blow your mind. <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay, that is bit beautiful. You've got two scenes, Miss B. You have one more. No, I said three. What three did you do? I only heard two. The, the the at the beginning where you guys are badass. Okay. When he turns off the lasers with his dick, in the very end where they're doing the the Beelzebub song and fucking Satan's like, taste my lightning, fuckers. Okay. My three favorite. I mean, scenes. did you shoot lightning like normal? Like throw a finger to me. I I want to say my three favorite scenes are going to be the Sasquatch part, <laughs> where, where he had eaten the shrooms and they decide to go for a swim in the Strawberry River, and then they cut away to him just being sucked down the rapids. So he's having fun thinking he's tubing, but in reality he's just being dunked under the rapids as he's going along. My second favorite scene... Don't forget when he's falling down the tree. (laughs) (laughs) When he thinks he can fly? Yeah. And then he hits, yeah, lands on his dick. (laughs) Uh, My second favorite scene is um, (laughs) shortly after one of your favorite scenes, when... uh, JD, uh, J, uh, JB tries to go and uh, lay down on the bench at night uh, to go to sleep because he has no place to go, and then we have this whole clockwork orange thing that goes on, and you've got <laughs> yes, you've got KG hiding behind the trash can the entire time, and the second that they run away, he's like, yeah, yeah, you guys run, you better. <laughs> Takes more of this. See, if that happened in England, to say if that happened in England, all I can say is the second he said, "Yeah, you guys better run," they would have turned around instantly and went, "The fuck did you just say?" And then kicked the shit out of him too. 
my, oh yeah, same with Massachusetts. My third favorite scene is with Tim Robbins, uh, the 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 old uh, Russian guy that tried to break in there previously. And he's standing outside after they get the pick of destiny. And he's like, you have two choices. Either stay where you are or, or come to me and I'm going to stab you. <laughs> come here. I want to stab you. Fine. I'm going to come yeah. over there. <laughs> just stay there. Just wait. <laughs> and they're just looking at him like, what? Can we- what? <laughs> Slow Can we just talk ever. about the uh, the one uh, cameo in that movie that was just perfect? Was uh, Ben Stiller as the guitar shop guy? Yeah! Yes! Yes! When they're sitting in the closet, he has the fucking lighter on, and KG's like, oh, there's a light, yeah. there's a light switch over here. It's, you ruined the moment, man! <laughs> no, because the thing is, I'm not gonna lie, the look kind of suited him. Yeah, that, that kind of strung out gray hair. No, I just accidentally switched the view. Yeah, like the, the, the wig sort of look. He actually looked kind of jacked as well. Like, it, the look, he, he rocked that look. And I feel like if he, if he did that, like, in real, he could pull that off. Like, that was good. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But, like, he looks he looks a lot better with the, the you know, the clean-cut Silver Fox thing going on that he's got. Oh yeah, no, I'm not about this would have been good, like, just before, like, 2018, he would have looked good with that, and then after 2018, he goes for the clean-cut look and everything, perfection, would have been good. <laughs> hey, the wig and the mutton chops worked for him, it did, it did. It did, it did. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I really, I really did enjoy this movie because it played as both a, a perfect showcase for their style of music on top of it being a fairly enjoyable movie through, throughout. Yeah. Uh, the yeah thing I mean, this movie always has me fucking, like, jamming out every single time I watch it. I, I, I there are movies I can watch numerous times and fall asleep, but this is the only movie where I will watch it numerous times and be wide awake for the whole thing. So... The way that I feel about this movie, the reason why it got so much bad press, is because it's a very it's a very niche movie. It, it's for a certain set of people. It's not like a it's not like a movie that you're going to get on wide release and everybody's going to be like, oh, that's a fantastic fucking movie. If you love Tenacious D, you're going to love the movie because it is it's right along the same lines with their humor, it, it, their music, so on and so forth. They're just throughout the entire thing. However, if you're not a Tenacious D fan or really don't like that style of music and you sit down to watch this movie, it's going to be an hour and a half waste of your life. It's just, that's how it works out. I mean, I feel like it appeals to the... I feel like it does appeal to some of those people who like kind of raunchy comedy stuff as well. Right, right. It appeals to those people as well. If you don't like Tenacious D, but you like raunchy comedy, then that movie is kind of in your ballpark to watch it and it is still worth the watch. If you're not used to their style of music, though, the, I could see how the movie would come off as just sort of a little disjointed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, they, they, they had some amazing fucking cameos in the movie, first of all. Like, right at the beginning, we get Meatloaf playing Jack Black's dad. The like, exact that opposite of Meatloaf. Amazing. That's what that was. Meatloaf being the exact opposite it of was. Meatloaf. And then you got Dio. Dio, yes. Dio as well. Amy Poehler. And then also, they had a little... Amy Poehler! I I fucking... She was... 
fucking perfect. I was just, they also had a throwback to the lead singer of the Foo Fighters, where he actually appeared in one of their music videos for the greatest song in the world as the devil, to then appear at the end of the fucking movie as the devil for the same bit of the greatest song in the fucking world. He did fucking perfectly as the devil. Yes. In both aspects, in the music video you know, and I in have, the actual film. I have always wanted to see Amy Poehler with an Aubrey Plaza fucking attitude, and this made my life. Did anybody catch Fred Armisen? Who? Fred Armisen. He was the uh, um, the security guard with the, you, the you, afro. You repeat the name like I know it. <laughs> Oh, God. I, I say I, who after Fred Armisen. And you're Fred Armisen. Like, oh, I yeah, know that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I saw yeah. You gotta, You got to look I up the picture. You, you'll recognize uh, his face. Yeah, He's in a lot of stuff. Armisen, uh, have you seen, uh, you seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he plays the foreign guy living in the hotel. Okay. Oh, fucking uh, shit. He's also he's, like... He's a brilliant actor. He's been in a lot of fucking movies. He's also the band leader now okay, for yeah. the Late Show. He's uh, he's known as both a comedian and a fairly affluent drummer as well, which is why one of the reasons why he was in this movie. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, no, there's a a lot of fucking cameos in this movie. Who is what is with the clicking? What are you doing, sir? What? Do what did you I, just? I learned how to control the mute button. What is, Anywho. I, he's got I, I what was that, a fidget spinner or something that you were playing with? Just click 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 click. Okay, I don't even know what that is. I don't know. Is that an asbestos sweetener? Sweetener. Because I can't have sugar. Oh gotcha. Because I can't I can't have sugar. Amy Adams was in here. What? I Wait, can't where? Have sugar, remember. A, Amy, yeah, Amy Adams. Where was Amy Adams in this movie? What was she? A beautiful woman, or a gorgeous woman. Beautiful or gorgeous. She doesn't even. Yeah, she has a. She doesn't even have a name. She's just listed as gorgeous woman. Maybe she was one of the uh, girls at the. One oh, of the girls at the oh, table. No, I remember seeing her. Yeah, she was. I'm just she like... was. She was sitting next to the guy whose head got blown up. Oh. Okay. Colin gotcha. Hanks was in the movie as well. He pe he was actually the guy at the frat party that pegs KG on the back of the head with a cup. As okay. he's leaving. Christopher? Yes. Chris? Yes. Yes? Never refer it. Never refer it as pegs him. Oh. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> that is the wrong terminology you're looking for, sir. That is the wrong kind of cock push-up. That escalate. Wrong kind of peg, sir. Understood. No, no, we're not. We're not doing that. No, wrong, wrong kind altogether. Uh, I, I didn't quickly. think about that when I said it, and now <laughs> I'm regretting it. Yeah, I'm regretting anyway, it a lot. This is a good ass movie. Oh yes, definitely, definitely. I uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. Fucking, we've got through our favorite scenes. Favorite characters, besides, besides JB and KG. Alright, let's let's talk about the progression of the movie, and 
you know, I, I personally thought that it dragged a bit, like, to get to some of the points that it had to, but it made it fun in the way it did. Like, when, when Jack Black left his home, and, you know, you see him go through the different fucking Hollywoods, you know, yeah. on the map, it's like, like uh, let's be honest, that, that was a bit pointless, but at the same time, it made it funny, you know what I mean? Um, the the training, like when when the uh, Jack Black finally gets revealed that like KG is just a piece of shit who gets his money from his mummy still, and he's like a forty year old man at that point. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it looked you know, like he balding. was uh, balding as a ten year old man. Yeah, that's a bit like if that is possible for the children who do bold at that age. I am so fucking sorry. It is a thing. I've heard alopecia is a very it. real thing. I know, I know alopecia is a real thing. I'm on about balding the way he did. Because that one really alopecia balding, that was just fucking like, that was straight up like middle-aged man baldness on a 10-year-old child. Yeah. I don't know, it happens somewhere. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but it was good. When yeah. they hear the story of how to get the pick, like, I, I, I love how... They break the pick in half, and then they can't. They think they can just. Oh, let's just use half of it each. It's still going to. I mean, they totally could have. Yeah, they could. They totally could have. But they they don't think about that till the end. And of course, the fucking the bar guy who arranges all the singers. Of course, he's who just went on a whole fucking lecture about how Satan loves all of us. Yeah, that's. uh, Change that was fantastic. Deep in our hearts. <laughs> Hail Satan. Oh God. Wait, 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 motherfucker. We challenge you. Sorry. Sorry, we've lost all our viewers. What happened there? Uh, anyway. Oh no. <laughs> Don't worry about it. People will come back. So. <laughs> I'll give I'll give you two quick uh, little bit tidbits of information. First, I actually one of the things that I saw in this film um, was uh, I actually mentioned this a little earlier, I believe, to uh, Tom. There is a T-shirt that he's wearing in the film uh, for a good portion of the film, actually, that says "Train Wreck" on it. That is actually one of Kyle Gass's other bands. Uh, so now I'm 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 going to be looking for them after we're done the podcast today because I, I'm kind of curious. He's he's actually a fairly affluent uh, guitarist, and uh, I'd, I'd like to hear dead. what else he's capable of doing outside of Tenacious D. Uh, the other thing he's is uh, in the uh, the scene where they're singing Master Exploder, that whole fantasy thing that he has going on. There is a yeah. bar patron that's wearing a T-shirt from the Great Alaska Bush Company. That is actually a t-shirt from a world-renowned strip club in Alaska and one of Jack Black's favorite places to go when he's in the state. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I love those Jack, like, of course, little of course Jack Black would do shit like that, though. Well, Of course he would. I mean, let's, let's be honest. This entire movie was sort of a vanity project. It's a movie about him and about their band. So this is literally all about them to give people an idea of how they feel about their music and their band. 
Yeah. Well, let's be honest, though. Realistically, it was more a movie about Jack Black. Yes, it was about the band, but the focus mainly focused around Jack Black for a majority portion of the film. He's the one who got the pick the first time. And Kate, and it kind of showed that example of, you know, two band members eventually falling out with one another when Jack Black gets the pick, but Kyle thinks he should have it because he's the main guitarist. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> so many little aspects. It, it's it's a good movie for that, though. Well, it's it was, very, very good. Yeah. Sowing little seeds of greed. It's it's kind of like that... that... I mean, the pick was supposed to be fairly evil to begin with, you know. It's, yeah, it's and then he kind of basically out the more devil's of the seven sins. Yeah, the seven sins of man. Kyle had sloth down to a T. And gluttony. <laughs> sloth and gluttony. Uh, and envy. He was very envious of uh, Jack Black when he got the pick. Which is why he treated... Well, he was envious of Jack Black throughout the entire movie. You could tell just by the way he treated yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think that's another thing it showed as well. It showed the seven sins of man in it unintentional. Like, I don't think it was fully intentional. Like I think whoever wrote the movie kind of planned it that way, but didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I mean, in theory, you really look close enough, you could find the seven deadly sins in anything. True, I suppose. Yeah. I, I suppose. And I, I want to go ahead and apologize to our listeners for the podcast about the excessive noise in the background. It seems that uh, my non-soundproof department is being... Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a dragway outside of my fucking house right now. I mean, you live on a main road. I do. And the room, well, if I was in one of the back rooms over here, I would hear less of it, but I am literally in the front room directly on the main road. So, uh, yeah, exactly. everybody, everybody who's listening, don't donate a dollar to Chris's PayPal so uh, <laughs> get him soundproofing pads. You don't even need to donate a dollar to the, pay the PayPal. We have several different places that you can go and subscribe to us on Anchor, you know, and, and help us make a little bit of money. We're actually. Uh, I'm looking to get us up a GoFundMe for season three. Try to help. That'd us be out. good. Uh, well, I gotta, I gotta get myself a new tripod. Well, I, I need, a, I need a better PC with a better mic. I'm looking to try to help us get a little bit of better equipment and maybe uh, get us on our way for a decent season three. I'd like to, I'd like to start off with almost. Uh, I want to do a, an actual recording for season three. I think well, we're getting way off of the fucking movie thing here. Wow, damn. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I, think, I think we're just I mean, about done with the pick Destiny. I mean, we thought there was going to be a lot more in depth with it. It's probably been about like 15 minutes of conversation. <laughs> well, sir. Something like that. Well, sir. We also thought we were going to have four people on the podcast today, not just three. Very true. Very, very true. Looking at you, Judy. I don't know where he went. Maybe that's who the one eye is right here on. Wearing nostrils of disapproval. He's probably there in the. He's probably there watching. Like I'm in so much trouble. When that's our one doing on Facebook. Here's the thing. <laughs> we, we always. If somebody was supposed to be on the podcast and they don't show up, we call them out. We've done it to Omar. We've done it to Seth to the point that we. We're writing him. We're, we're drawing him out of the actual artwork. Yeah. 
And uh, sucks to suck, this, is, this, is a, this is another reason why, even when I, even while I was sick, and even I'm still a bit ill now, I was like, I'm not missing a podcast because I didn't know that you call people out. So even though I'm a little sick, I'm not getting called out on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, sheer, Omar, sheer stubbornness is keeping you alive right now. I can I can give him kudos for one thing. On three separate occasions, he forgot to watch the movie and said, "Fuck it, I'm doing the podcast anyway." Yep. So he came and did the podcast anyway, and uh, yeah, he basically was with us. So I can give him kudos on that, even though he missed a few that he was supposed to be on. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead. You should and... never wing a podcast. You should know the movie. <laughs> Very true. Very true. We're going to go ahead and tie up the front end of our podcast and go into our sponsored segment. And when we come back, we're going to do a very, very drawn out pitch storm. So oh, stick around. Three pitch storms in one. I'm. What I'm trying to do is make it so that when people come back, they already have this like impending sense of doom after the 30 seconds they have to spend with our sponsors. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> All right, we are back from our uh, slight uh, sponsor break, and we've got a couple of pitch storms. We're going to go ahead and try to work our way through. I've given no warning this time. Uh, generally, we'll give a slight warning to uh, Tom, who's new at this. But uh, as well as he did the last two times, I don't think he needs a warning anymore. I think we can just throw him into the deep end, and we can just go for it. Yeah, pretty much. And apparently he's disappeared for a couple seconds, so whatever. Oh, God, I hope he does not disconnect. Is he, I oh, mean, no. is he there? Or did you just mute, mute his camera? I, I saw him stand up. You're there. Okay, he's there. He's, he's doing he the stuff he right now. He's turned off the camera he's doing so the nobody thing. can see that. Yeah, uh-huh. Doing the thing. I'm just waiting for my camera to come back on. What the fuck is that? Okay. And, uh, Tom the Viking is back and he's wearing, uh, horns. Well, I've been very devilish lately, interrupting you, so I thought it might be a bit accurate. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure you can get this horny on camera, sir. You're not supposed to do that on Facebook. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I mean, my, my horns are a little bent out of shape, so... I mean, we're not exactly fucking family-friendly here, but I... You, you, you shouldn't have your horn out in public. Just saying. Anyway, moving I on. can't put him away, okay? So, our first pitch storm for the evening. Miss Universe, five years running, accidentally becomes the Pope. And the, uh... So, Miss Ingeniality 3. Essentially. And the, uh, notes card here says, What if the hero of the movie is trying to escape a bloodthirsty cult? So we have Miss Universe trying to escape a bloodthirsty cult who has just become the Pope. Okay. Uh, okay, you... you, you ah! Go for it. Go for it. I know you're like, excited. Anna Ferris. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anna Ferris. I love it. Okay. And I want her best friend... <coughs> See, I, uh, what's her fucking name? Uh, Melissa Martinez. Or Melissa... McCarthy? Is it Martinez? McCarthy, Miss Melissa McCarthy. I like it. I like it. Yes, I want her best friend to be Melissa McCarthy. 
Okay, so we're putting. See, I, I, all, I, all I'm thinking of is Miss Congeniality Three. That's, that's literally what this is. You've just <laughs> described the plot for a Miss Congeniality Three movie. So, yes, Basically. that's I think the title of the film, Miss Congeniality Three. How does I hear? How does Miss Conge? How does a sorry? How how would you have a Miss Universe contested, especially one that won five years in a row? However, the fuck that happened. How would you have a Miss Universe contestant accidentally become the Pope? How does that work? Okay, so uh, into politics, right? Well, no. If we go off the if we go off the plot theme of Miss Congeniality, then like realistically, she's a spy underneath her winning these pageants for mission reasons. So she's known, like, facially known as Miss Universe for these five years in a row. I the fucking rigged. Uh, and then she gets sent on a mission to basically Rome, where eventually she fucks up. And as they go to like make like you know put the fucking hat on the new pope, she knocks him out of the way and it ends up on her on accident, i.e., her becoming the new pope on accident. That would take miscongeniality and send it to a whole whole another stupid level, like really stupid level. Well, it was just. It was already a stupid set of films anyway, so you might as fucking well. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I didn't like Miss Congeniality? Just, just a bit. I want a... A little bit. I want Jeremy Irons as the accidentally misplaced hope, uh, Pope. <laughs> okay. Like, he was supposed to be the one that became the Pope, and he's... He accident... So this, these were actually... These are things that are supposed to happen on purpose. And I feel like somehow there's like a plot against the Pope. Somebody's going to kill him. And they put her in his place like they do no, with the No, because it's going to be a complete accident that she becomes the Pope. No, I feel like there should have been an actual... No, so, I, I know what I think should have happened is... So, Jeremy Irons actually plays one of her co-workers at this spy agency. And he's the one who was supposed to be the Pope. She was just assigned to like watch his back, and she gets knocked into place and becomes the Pope instead. Okay. So now this whole mission revolves around her being the Pope. So Jeremy Irons is there, like, "This was my fucking mission. Well, what are you doing?" <laughs> I mean, we can't exactly, we can't exactly, you know, reverse everything now. It's already set in place. You're the one that's supposed to be the Pope now. So now we have to figure out how to fucking do this with you in my place. And this, it's it's just a fucked up movie. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and he's just like he becomes her advisor as the Pope, while well, he's like he's there giving her orders from there up above. And then Melissa McCarthy is like Melissa McCarthy's actually the head honcho of this spy organization who's telling her like what the fuck have you done? <laughs> her new superior. I like a yeah, and then. And then if we drag in the original Miss Congeniality, uh, she could be like um, the like she's the sister of her, not 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 um, Melissa McCarthy. She's the sister of what's what's her name? Uh, Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Yeah, she's Anna Ferris's sister, but like she died at some point, and like Melissa McCarthy keeps reminding her like. Your sister was one of our best. You know what I mean? Oh Just like so, some, some bullshit like that, yeah. On the under, other end of this, I want two guys. Two bumbling but competing assassins. 
Kong. Will Farrell and the other guy. Uh, I, I already have him. I already have him. Simon Pegg. Okay. I want Simon Pegg. And Colin Firth. Oh my god, yes. I know the name, I just need to see the face. You don't know Colin Firth? I, I'm better with, like, faces. Am That's I thinking, am I thinking of the right guy? I might not be thinking of the right guy. I'm thinking of the guy from the Kingsman series. Yes, yes, him. Definitely. He he couldn't play a bumbling assassin. I feel like he couldn't no. play a bumbling assassin. He's, I have seen him. He's he, too good. I he could play a bumbling assassin very good. Cuz he has had he has had certain roles where he plays sort of like the like he comes across the uh, the, the the woman of the movie and he, he acts like a bumbling fool. He's done it in Bridget Jones Diary. I think he Okay. Would, oh, I'd say he would be the the kind of swag like the main assassin. Go ahead. I was going to say, can we make the, the, the can we make like the main assassin, like the actual good assassin who's in charge of these two bumbling buffoons, is actually Mister Fucking Bean himself? But instead of him being in Johnny English where he's terrible, he's actually really fucking good at his job. Like he he's he's scarily good. Like he doesn't even have to look, and he points a gun behind him and shoots dead fucking bullseyes. Like he is amazing. <laughs> yes, I like love a that. Complete yeah. flip onto him as being English. Well, see, you can ask everyone would see him expect it bad. We do this a lot, and in the past, I've always tried to cast against character. So you have people that normally. I want Stanley Tucci somewhere in there. I say Stanley Tucci is their liaison inside the Vatican. Yes. He actually does a pretty spot on. I don't Italian know why I've got this image. Hmm. I don't know why I've got this, but I really, really badly want to see in the agency office, like at a computer desk, we just see just there's like a little cameo vision, uh, like a, a little. He's just in there doing desk work, Henry Cavell, but as a really like fat guy with like the unbuttoned shirt, like he's really unclean. He's got a box of fucking powdered donuts next to him, just doing office work. I, I just want to see him like that because there's actually a show over here called the graham norton show where he was on it with his co-star from man of steel who literally referred to him when he was a kid as fat cavill because he used to be very very large as a child when he played uh, well you know there was another guy yeah uh, oh god i'm bringing up things that i can't uh, my brain is not going to be able to cash the check here <laughs> but that's uh, not- that's why I just want to see Henry Cavell just like in a fat suit sitting at a desk with a box of powdered donuts, being like, "This is the best role I've ever right been next in." Fucking um, okay. ah, Terry Crews. So you want them to both yes! be kind of over the Terry overweight, Cruz, out of shape people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, the two guys. Terry Crews and Terry just walks around and takes his box of donuts and is like, "You don't need this." So if you go like way but back, Terry Crews plays the role he does from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, yeah, you know Jerry O'Connell. You, you do you know who Jerry O'Connell faces, is? Faces, faces. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Take two seconds to look up would. Jerry O'Connell. We're talking about people that were fat as kids. Jerry O'Connell. Yes, I know, yes, yes. Oh my God, Jerry was. I forgot about this. 
He was back. If you go back oh, to Stand fuck, By Me, he was a shot. fairly rotund little child. Yes. He was a he was a a chubby boy. And then and he, he he lost a lot of weight. And and he became a very handsome man. I will give him that much. He did become a handsome fat fella. I mean, he did go on to re- marry Rebecca Romaine. I mean, uh, no. Right, we need to have people in no. who are normally jacked become very, very like fat, and then the fat people who are normally typecast in those movies have to be like actually have to go to the gym and work out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, oh my god! Uh, do you know who I really want to see? Go ahead. In this movie. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise as his role from Tropic Thunder. I was thinking that. Just he plays the agent guy in. The... <laughs> I, I really liked him in that role because it didn't look like him at all. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't, didn't look like sound him at all. Or act like him either. No, like he has he he has one mode at all times. And to see him in that particular role was just like, this is who now? That's that's not that can't be fucking Tom Cruise. It's Tom Cruise. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, it really is. Like, what? No, no. Can I? I want to backtrack for two seconds, just for two seconds to say one thing. The fact that Jerry O'Connell is married to Rebecca Romaine, the fact that Jerry O'Connell managed. To marry John Stamos's ex-wife. Let's just put that there. He stole from Jesse. He yeah. stole from Uncle Jesse. Okay, moving well, on. Anyway, hang on. I don't see the hype of John Stamos. But, I mean, okay. You know, what? Do you know who else I want to see in it? This is me personally. This is me personally. He's not really that big over here in the UK before you all give me that fucking look of the fuck did you just say? Okay, we're not in America. John Stamos isn't that popular over here. I'm sorry. It's the truth. John Stamos. Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting for the comments. We're we're, we're waiting for a new host. I've just been fired. John Stamos. (laughs) I won't go so far as to say as a national treasure because that's not... But John Stamos is is actually I think he's worth a hell of a lot more than than they give him credit for. If you, if... oh yeah, oh no, I'm not denying that, but <laughs> I'm just saying over here he's not as popular as he is over there. I, I, I mean, I get so that. I would venture to say he's not quite that popular here. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Well, that, then that just does not bode well for him over here. Then, if he's not that popular there, and, and this current generation used to play drums for the Beach Boys doesn't hold as much water anymore. <laughs> no, anyone born to like the anyone like millennials fucking will look at Uncle Jesse and be like, "Oh my God, my heart." Jesse had a little like fucking. I don't know, hard to. I don't know. I can't do words right now. My brain is not processing thoughts properly. You haven't been. Thinking, I had a have you? train of thought, and the train of thought jumped the tracks and went okay. swimming. Well, we missed. We missed one little thing so, here. So we've got assassins going after the Pope. We forget the fact. Oh that the yeah. main, we, we forget the fact that the main. The cult has sent the assassin. 
This is a bloodthirsty cult. The cult has sent these assassins. Who has yeah, two trained assassins. Now, who... <laughs> Go ahead. I, uh, I, do you know who I want to see head of this cult? Like, the entire cult is all, like, old-timey British actors. Okay. I'm with Just you. all old timey British actors. So, like, oh, what's his name? What's his fucking name? That's gonna do my head in. Um, if you say, oh fucking hell, I, I have somebody. I'd like. I, to... I forgot his name. I, I have someone too. Me too. And it, it comes from another movie we watched. Uh, mine doesn't. Yeah, I just want to see. I just want to fucking find his name. Well, can I? Yeah, but I, I Michael Caine is the head of the cult. Oh. Michael Caine is the head of the cult. Yes. Oh. I could see him doing that. Can I throw yeah. mine out well, there? All, all timey British. Go ahead. Eddie Izzard. Oh my god! Eddie Izzard. I you love sounded Eddie. so Boston then. You sounded so Boston then. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. No, I've been I've been watching. Um, yes. I don't know if yes. You guys, I, I don't know if I you guys watch uh, Fucking The Rookie. Okay, uh, the TV show? I think yeah. I've seen it. I haven't gotten to see it yet, no. I'm not, I've not okay. seen the TV show. I've seen the movie. Okay, yeah, no, it's a completely different thing. Okay, so what were you thinking? But, uh, okay, I've seen the so television series. Okay. Recently, a new episode came out where Frankie Muniz was the head of a cult. What? Frankie yeah. Muniz? Fucking Frankie Muniz! Frankie Muniz? Like... Yes! What? Yeah. Yeah, like Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle, blank check. I... I yeah. No, I know... What? He, he plays this, like, actor turned fucking cult leader. Okay, now that you so say he it, plays himself. Basically. Now that you say it that way, I can kind of see how that would go. Right, <laughs> just a little. Honestly, oh my god! But I still, but I, I still I stand totally... by my statement of Michael Caine should be head of this cult. I feel like Trust I feel me. like Frankie Muniz should be one of those people. He's like the he's like the American ambassador ambassador for this cult. I kind of that's why Eddie he's is in it. it. Like he, he's I, I have to say, I'm down, with, I'm, down, I'm down with it. I'm down with Eddie Izzard in the cult. I still think Michael Caine should lead it, though. Like oh, the whole, like, the whole head council of this cult is old-timey English actors. Eddie Izzard, Eddie Izzard is like Michael Caine's Igor. <laughs> yes. Eddie Izzard is his right hand. Eddie Izzard is Michael Caine's right hand. So no, no because it's a cult, Michael Caine thinks he's giving the orders. When really Eddie is it, he's doing his whole fucking. He's a you know, puppet master. Weaving his webs. Try, yeah, he's trying to take control of his in his own right, but he doesn't want to take fall as the lead, so he lets Michael Caine think he's in charge. I want to say that the way that this movie plays out is that there is even even after Anna Faris becomes the Pope and all this happens, she has absolutely nothing to do with the cult actually being taken out. I want to say it was it's, it's all an internal implosion. So she, she thinks that she's putting things in place oh, and making yeah. things happen. 
But what's actually happening is they're fucking up and they're screwing up over here and taking themselves out. <laughs> yeah. But yes. like, that's the thing. The two assassins that they, the assassins group that they sent to take out her, to take her out, they're fucking killing other members of the cult on accident. Like they're going to report to them for shit, and then like one of them trips over and shoots one of them. Like fuck, shit. <laughs> Why do I feel like we've just created the 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 uh, the equivalent of a Quentin Tarantino Three Stooges movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, no, you know no, what? We, I'm, no, getting, no, what I'm, I'm, I'm almost getting Hot Fuzz vibes. Hot Fuzz? Yeah, yes, I, I like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, what I, no, but here's the thing. If we want to take a bit of that, I feel like we should do this. The whole way the film is is like recorded and filmed and we see it is in the same aspect of how Pulp Fiction was recorded. A bunch of little stories leading to one main story. Yep, I like that. Yeah, I don't know that. Yep, okay. I'm sorry, my brain just what went off for a minute. <laughs> it was it was Put like the there, and then... it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Tell me that doesn't sound like a good way the movie would work out though. Like that'd be fucking brilliant. Anyway, I feel like I, I feel like at some point I just want Samuel Jackson to appear in a kill for no reason. Like, he's just there in a kilt. He is... Samuel L. Jackson is the Scottish representative for the Miss Universe pageant. Pageants. Yes. Pageant. <laughs> and he is, he is basically their announcer. So we have to, we, we have to make, uh, make Samuel L. Jackson go through months of training to learn a Scottish accent. No, oh no, 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 yeah. no, 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 he's... Linguist, uh, we, we got Samuel Jackson, he doesn't need to. No, 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 what, what, he, bear with me for a minute. Most of the movie, he's trying really hard to do the Scottish accent. And then, like, halfway through the movie, he just breaks and is like, fuck it, and then just... He's Samuel L. Jackson the rest of the way through. <laughs> At some point, I want I want to see Samuel Jack off stage, and then he walks over to sit next to this other other gentleman who's actually his father, and it is played by none other than Morgan Freeman speaking Scottish, saying that he did well. It's like you did well, there, son. I just want to yeah. see that just Morgan Freeman. Just Morgan Freeman puts his hand on Samuel Jackson's shoulder, be like, "You did good, there, son." <laughs> So you have a problem with Samuel L. Jackson oh, trying to do a Scottish accent, but you want to make Morgan Freeman do one? Yeah, but he's... <laughs> yes, because it's Morgan fucking Freeman. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Okay, okay. No, but, I, he's, I... No, but here's the thing. Morgan Freeman's, Morgan Freeman's not doing a Scottish accent, like, properly. He's doing it to literally ridicule Samuel Jackson's Scottish accent, being like, you fucked up, kid. You know what I mean? Like, he did that bad... That I'm gonna mock you in it now. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, I think we've done good with the first one. We're gonna move on to our second pitch storm and final pitch storm of the night. All right. Okay. No, we can do two more. I'm joking. I'm kidding. Our pitch storm goes: crime-fighting cyborgs try to save their classmates from a supervillain on a class trip. And our pitch storm note card is 
we want this movie to be super smart, so, like, add some math or something. Uh, okay. Okay, I zoned out. I'm gonna need you to repeat that. Yeah! Cyborgs are helping their classmates on a school trip. So it's uh, crime-fighting cyborgs try to save their classmates on a school trip from a supervillain. And they say, uh, the, the note card says, we want this to be a... We want this movie to be super smart, so, like, add math or something. Yeah. Okay, so I'm this little... sounds like something that would be, like, family-friendly. Yeah, I want definitely... Robert Downey Jr. as the supervillain. Hey, can I ask a question? I've, I've seen some movies as of recent. Who says that something that sounds like a kid's movie has to be family-friendly? True. True. You can True. take. You can I still think Robert Downey Jr. should be the villain. I would love to market this as something that looks like a family-friendly movie, but the second they get to the movie theater, they realize, shit, what the hell did we do? It's like, it's like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> okay. okay, still stick by it. Robert Downey Jr. is the villain. Robert Downey Jr. as the villain. Now, are we doing this live action or animated? I, I want to let's do this live action, kind of like Sky High. Oh, that was a good movie. I love that movie. Oh my god! So it, it needs a part two. It needs a part fucking two. No, the fuck it does not. Okay, hold on. Yes, the make... fuck it does. Are, are you kidding me? They ate. Can I? Can I pause? Sequels are always terrible. Can I pause for you guys for just a minute? I just realized that we now have a movie we should do for the podcast. Just seeing the the completely opposite reactions from the two of you, we're doing this fucking movie. We are doing this yes! movie. So yes! save all that sky-high love and hate. And it's on Disney Plus! And it's on Disney Plus! Yes! <laughs> nope. nope. The thing about sky-high is, nope. like, I, when I was a little kid, I loved it, and then I grew up. <laughs> I still think it's a good movie now. And I watch it now, and I'm like, wow, I cringe... No, because what it does, what that movie does is it puts a real-life aspect on if superheroes run a real fucking, like, okay. in the real world. like Save. Save. Right. We're going to do this movie. Save it. You. The Boys does that, too. Okay. The Boys is a good fucking show. Yes. Goddamn right it is. Now, mind you. Oh, it's so good. Mind you, that's mutual love here. I like the love-hate thing. That's why I want to do this movie. I like the love-hate thing. <laughs> we need more love-hate. I almost... Yes, we do. We do. Okay. We need, we need movies that some people dislike. For now, lives for the drama. I like Rob Robert Downey Jr. as the main villain. I'm going to take this note card and make it something of, an, of its own. So we've got two crime-fighting robots that are saving their classmates from the class trip. I want to say... Cyborgs. Cyborgs, yes. I want to say that they are sort of a side piece to the entire movie. So all this stuff that's mm -hmm. happening with Robert Downey Jr. and all this stuff that's happening with the cyborgs, it's all sort of a side story to a movie that happens to do, happens to do with a almost Mr. Fantastic level genius child who he has this this uh, comprehension of math unlike anybody has ever had before. Uh, able to just pop off calcula uh, calculations at almost like a computer speed. Uh, yeah. 
So that's what that's what I, I I want the entire story to revolve around a female character that is just like a super genius. That's her power. Is she has she has literally a, a an intellect that would put anybody to shame, and in some ways, people make her. Uh, it's like a it's like a little bit of a struggle for her because in her actual school before she came to what this place where you have these kids that are kind of like her. Uh, Plot twist. Yes. This girl is Robert Downey Jr.'s daughter. Like the the, the Robert Downey Jr.'s villain, it's her, it's his daughter. So he's like but the, she doesn't know that her dad's this super villain. I want this to be you like sort of I mean? a college level thing though. So this is this is a college level thing. She struggled throughout her high school and career and he's moving and on to be the I mean. dean of like, students at, a, at at this college. And hmm. they're taking a trip. I can see that. They're taking a trip, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, to Washington D.C. as part of like a poly sci class. The thing is that this whole trip is actually planned by Robert Downey Jr. and a few of the teachers who are on his payroll. And it's sort of going to be like a supervillain coup that they're dealing with, and they're taking along these fledgling, like, college-level superheroes that are not necessarily superheroes at this point. They're just a bunch of individuals with powers that they don't quite know how to handle. <laughs> this is Sky High 2. No, no, this is Sky High 2. When, when they go to college, is <laughs> the... Sky College. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, I had to just charge that one in there. <laughs> You're going to make me headbutt a wall, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, it's just, it was Then right we should now. have, what's her name? Uh, uh, what's the lead <laughs> actress from Sky High? What is her name? Oh, God. I used to know her name off the top God, of my she, head. She also plays... Uh, she also plays. She also plays um, Frost in the Flash. No, no, no. So. That's that's Panabaker. I'm thinking of the other one, the one that played the lead villain in the movie. Panabaker oh, was Mary the one Elizabeth that had the plant. Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Panabaker was the the one that had the plant powers. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Isn't she also? Can we, can we just have the uh, flowers? Yes, she is. Yeah, she is. Can I, can we just have can we just have like Linda Carter make an appearance? As she did in Sky High? No, as Wonder Woman. As <laughs> But not Wonder Woman. She's also the Huntress in the, the, the fucking Harley Quinn movie. I would like I would like P actors <laughs> personally, I want not I Robert Downey Jr. is a well respected actor. For his henchmen, the teachers, I want actors that have done, uh, basically have had a shit career in acting. That's what I want for his, his side guys. Like, I want, like, David Hasselhoff as one of his <laughs> side guys. Oh, no, wait, what's, no, I actually saw a, um, I saw a video about this one actor he was. Uh, he's only known for one role. He's been in multiple roles since this, but he's only been known for one role. Uh, what was his name? Now, one sec. Uh, There's a lot of child actors. Oh, what was like his name? That. What was his name? What's his name? Christopher 
Mince Plus. Oh my God! Yes, he's known <laughs> from because yeah, all he's known for is he's rolled in Superbad. Everybody, I don't know him from Superbad. I know him from Kickass. Yeah. If I had not seen, no, but that's the thing. I would not uh, honestly right. until people drew that. I I didn't remember the actor. I I remember, I remember McLovin from Superbad. Yes, but I did not draw the line from Superbad yeah, to that actor in. In kick-ass at all. I didn't. <coughs> I didn't... No, no, but that's literally... So, he's actually... He's not actually doing any movies at the minute. Like, he's... He's he's took a step away from Hollywood and stuff. Because he, he started noticing, as he got older, that he was just getting typecast from McLovin in Superbad. That's the only reason he was getting jobs, was because so people then, knew him for that. In this movie, we should give him a so dead... So, he would be perfect in it. He needs to have a dead serious role in this movie, then. I really think that he does. He has yeah. to have... I think maybe, like, he like, should be, yeah, like, the I, one I, professor I, that isn't on Robert Downey Jr.'s bankroll. Like, one of the good guys. Okay. Ooh, you know what you could make him? Because he's a fairly yeah. good-looking guy. He, he's, play, he's played a... Let's, let's, uh... So you know how the, the, these he, yeah. fledgling superheroes... He's quite handsome. The fledgling superheroes and villains are basically supposed to have somebody that trains them. Why not have him? Yeah, it's him. True. Uh, I could see that. And there's a running gag. There's a running gag in the movie. He's he's dead serious the entire movie. And he's actually... he's he, I want him to be like a certifiable badass in the movie. But there's a, a gag. Basically, he was the... He was like a... a, a not a supervillain, but he was a sidekick for a superhero. So he wasn't the, the, the head guy, but he was a fairly yeah. well-known sidekick. And he got into this job to train new superheroes. And like, why are we why are we getting trained by a sidekick? So basically, he is the, he is uh, he is Wonder Boy from uh, Sky High, the, the the sidekick teacher who trains the other sidekicks. But this time, he's actually teaching the heroes he's, instead of the sidekicks. He's teaching the heroes, and they're wondering why we are we're getting trained by a sidekick. The side, basically, the side story is he had the chance to step up to be a superhero. He decided to train the superheroes instead. Uh, yeah, he's like, I've done my time of hero work. I just wanna, I just wanna teach now. I wanna pass on my knowledge to the younger generations. I want him to be almost like a, a David Carradine esque, just dead serious. Like there's there's no bullshit about this guy. Like he is just dead serious. Uh yeah. You know who David Carradine is, right? Obviously. I'm I'm better with faces. David But I probably do know exactly who it is. Bill from Kill Bill. Okay, yeah. So Yes. Every role that David Carradine has ever done has been done with that same stone face he is basically steven spielberg except not steven Even when spielberg he played the uh, steven, uh, fuck what what is his name what i i can't even remember i can't even remember his fucking last name i hate him so much the fucking uh karate guy the, the <laughs> steven something or other we we talked about him too we hated him steven seagal i called him fucking steven spielberg i don't like the guy <laughs> Steven Seagal, fuck him. Never Steven mind. Steven Seagal. Oh, I see. 
See, the thing is, I don't like him as an actor in general. I don't like his movies. But now I say this now. If my dad was awake and heard me even mention that name and say anything bad about him, all you would see is a hand appear on the back of my neck and me get dragged off screen. My dad would <laughs> kick the living shit out of me if I spoke bad about Steven Seagal. He loves Steven Seagal. It's oh fucking God. scary. <laughs> oh, if my dad was uh, if my dad was not a straight man, he would be with Steven Seagal. Let's put it that way. That's how much he loves that man. So, as yeah. far... As I am concerned, I the only thing worthwhile Steven Seagal ever did, <laughs> and this is this is just me saying this, I, this may not stand for everybody, but we actually reviewed a movie a little while back, and there was a fight scene between Steven Seagal and Mike Tyson. And anybody that can make Mike Tyson look like he should be in an action movie, yeah. It was Steven Seagal. Well, actually, no. If you really want to see Mike Tyson in a really good movie where he's he's fighting and it looks right, the Ip Man movies. He's in, I think, Ip Man 3. He's in that where Ip Man versus Mike Tyson. And it's fucking beautiful. Okay. Okay. I, Honestly, I, uh, 10 out of 10 recommend. We are actually set up to watch the other movies. Ah, yes. We reviewed the first one already. Oh, what, the first Ip Man? Yep, we reviewed yeah. the first one already. We are waiting for Omar to come back before we review the others. What's up I, with I, him? Can I, can, I, can, I, can I step in in Omar's place because I love the Ip Man movies? <laughs> uh, I promised him he'd be on there for those. He, he's uh, he's um, the relatives that he had uh, that, that got displaced. Yeah. Uh, they are... Building an add-on to a house uh, to to move them in, uh, so they're staying with okay. him for the time being. So he's kind of out of commission for a short period of time while he helps them get set up. So he is mm. intent upon coming back. We miss Omar dearly. However, family comes first. Okay, do you know, another yeah. teacher I want to see in this movie. So I'm going back to the uh, I'm going back to the fucking pitch storm. Let's go back okay. to the pitch storm. Yeah, so another teacher I want to see who is also not on Robert Downey Jr.'s payroll is Evan Peters. Who, where, and what? Wow, huh? Evan Peters? X Men the, the First Class Quicksilver. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, I like that idea. And uh, Miss B that, is I, talking but not talking. You're muted, Miss B. Technically. She, she's muted. <laughs> you muted yourself. Come. Okay, yep. hold the fuck up. You're First of all, motherfucker. <laughs> what? From X-Men? Are you serious? First of all, no, 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 he no, no, was no, no. Spongebob in Sleepover. First. Listen, listen, I know, I know him from other things. That's not... The only reason I said that was because Chris didn't realize who I was talking about, and I feel like that's the one middle ground he would have remembered him from. Okay? Before you attack me. <laughs> Jesus. Most I mean, people know him from American Horror Story. Retract the claws. Retract the claws. Ah! I'm going to make Nico bite me again. I have not watched American Horror Story. What? <laughs> yep. Uh, we're going to have some words. 
Wait, we are? We are. Yeah, they're not going to be very happy ones. Okay, let, before you say this, before you get into me, keep in mind that I'm running our foot Facebook page, putting our stuff out on Twitter, putting our stuff out on Instagram. I am running so many different things, trying to keep the podcast afloat. I do my work here, and I have to deal with my family over here. I only have so much time. And I'm committed to the TV shows that I'm currently watching. And I'm going to say to you... Go and ahead. I'm going to say to you the one thing my dad has said to me many, many years of me being alive. These are but excuses. American Horror Story has been out longer than our podcast. You make a fair point. And, the first, and the first season is one of the best. It really uh, is. It's fucking beautiful. Well, if the first season wasn't one of the best, it wouldn't pull in new viewers, now would it? Hey, it just keeps getting better, and there then we it go. gets worse, and then it gets better. Again. There we go. Me. Asylum was a bit of a... Hold on. Let me say something. Asylum was good. You were just saying, earlier on today, we had a discussion about doing a third podcast, where we get together a few times a week for between 15 and 20 minutes to 10 to 15 minute segments, and we review a television show a few times a week. Why not American Horror Story? I'm fine with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. I would happily rewatch that show. <laughs> you know, I'll think about it because I'm already stretching myself thin with like work and commissions and other stuff. Don't worry, it's cool. I can make I can make sure he uh, watches American Horror Story for you. Yeah, you guys <laughs> can do that. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, sure. You know, the, <laughs> you're already committed to this podcast and partially to your own. I, I don't know what we're doing with yours right now. Partially. I don't know what we're doing with mine either right now. I'm tired. Right. I mean, <laughs> we are, as, as all, we all are, really. Uh, but... No one said we were we were discussing doing a third podcast. I didn't say you had to be committed to that one, but it would be nice if you pop in every once in a while and went like, "Yeah, hey, you know." Oh yeah. You know what are you doing? I have you seen the thing that some people Not do you, with like yeah, like rinds of orange. That's what he's doing right now with whatever that plastic thing is, like a it's a Pringles lid. <laughs> I. Can, can I ask a quick, just, is, is that empty? Okay. Anyway. Is, is, that, is empty? that empty, did you say? Yes. That's an empty, okay. I was going to say, if you just had that in your mouth, and then didn't wipe it down before you put it back on a half full <laughs> container of Pringles, I was going to be like, oh, dude, come on. Oh, God. I'm going to hold on to them anyway. Oh, my God. Can I just anyway. say... Uh, where were we? Did we finish the, the pitch storm? We didn't even get no, partially so had ready done with, with the, the setup. Pitching. We didn't even get partially done with the setup. Up. Yeah, I... We, we've got some of the, the cast, so we've got... We haven't even cast the two cyborgs yet. We haven't <laughs> oh technically God. cast the daughter. Um, who... Oh my God. Her. Yeah, I know, it's going to be a while. Uh, so oh my god! A bunch of the you know who I really want to see in this movie, 
the, the, she, she'd be perfect in this movie. Honey, be kind as the intelligent daughter. Be we're, we're casting perfect, our own. Opinion. We're just going to cast our own. Then. Okay. Yeah, in this one, okay. I just want to see Honey. I want to see Honey in this movie, being the super <laughs> intelligent one for once. <laughs> for so, once, Honey gets to be uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s I daughter. I caught that. Okay. I can see it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> uh, hey, well, I mean, let's be honest. If we're writing the movie ourselves, why not cast ourselves? You're not casting me in anything. I don't need to be. Yeah, okay. Don't do it. Don't this do it. This is why. This is no, no. I no. I no. I already have the perfect role for you. I got I my cyborgs, by the way. And no, there's another cyborgs, very this. loud motorcycle. I. No, the perfect role I have for you. Okay, the principal of this college. Because bear in mind, Robert Downey Jr. is not the principal. Jack Black is the principal. And you play his slightly not-so-twinish brother, who is his principal. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. He got all the, uh... <sighs> He got all the personality, and I got what was left. Uh, yes. Yes, this is perfect. No, it's like, it's, no, it's like from Twins. Jack Black is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you play Danny DeVito. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> oh, my God. I wish the listeners could see what? your face right now. <laughs> Did you just call me everyone, Danny DeVito? Everyone who's listening... Yeah, they did. Fucking Danny DeVito. <laughs> I mean, what? Hey. What? <sighs> no. Oh. oh. God. <laughs> oh. So uh, next week, uh, Tom the Viking is not going to be on the podcast. Um, <laughs> as you, you can see, he's choking on screen right now. I put something That's in just his coffee. Rude. <laughs> All right, my, I got my two cyborgs. I want Ansel Algord as the male cyborg, and there's going to be a female cyborg played by uh oh god, I fucking forgot her name. Uh Lily James. They both starred in Baby Driver. I need to see fate. Uh, Lily James played John Hamm's girlfriend in Baby Driver. I never seen Baby Driver. Either. Okay, just look look up Baby Driver. Yes, You'll be able I'm to see sure. them both. Oh, Lily! J I can't. I kept hearing you say Willie James. Not Willie James. So, Lily James. I could see it. I could see it. Have you been smoking something? You're hearing Willie. <laughs> no, I just. Yeah. Um. Who I mean, else? First of all, I was hearing Willie too, and second of all. I don't really know her. You don't? I could see it, though. No, I didn't watch Baby Driver. I didn't watch Fast Girls or Cinderella. Or... No, I did watch Wrath of the Titans. T please tell me you watched yesterday at the very least. Uh, no. 
I don't oh, think so. Good lord! Oh no! I don't know why. I want to. I want. I want to see as one of the teachers on Robert Downey Jr.'s pay rise, like payroll. Sorry, I want to see Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, but he's not. <laughs> yes. he's, but he's not a driver by any. Like he can't even. He doesn't even have his license. Okay, he's not that. He's not that sort of a person. But he is one of these villain type people who works alongside Robert Downey Jr. I want him to be sort. We're going to cast him against type. I want him to be the stuck up, stick up your ass English professor, glasses and all, tweed jacket, everything. And, and a really crappy wig. Just, oh like yeah, a toupee. No, do you, he used to have very curl, like a curly like afro thing going on on top of his head. Yeah, no, no I want to see a toupee. Like, if he's playing Old English, he has to have those really crappy toupees that when he walks outside and wind blows, you see it lift up. I'm putting up this finger for just a minute. Just because I'm... I think we're doing the same thing that we did with Sam Jackson. Somebody that shouldn't be learning an accent, doing an accent. Like, Vin Diesel with an English accent just doesn't... Sound like it would be right, but I still think it would be perfect. Vin Diesel can barely do speaking. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> he's got uh, to be a good thing. <laughs> Ooh... All right. I still think it would be good to see. Yeah. Who else? Okay, so and then no, and then oh, and then someone you've cast in a previous pitch storm, not Will Ferrell, the other guy from Stepbrothers. What's his name? You know who I'm talking about? John C. Riley, the other guy. John C. Riley. Robert. J. C. Riley. John C. Riley. There we go. John C. Riley. I want to see him as the oh. badass. Yeah, I want to see him as the badass. Like he is everything Vin Diesel is, but shouldn't be. Like he's like he has to work out and get jacked. Like he he looks like a proper badass sort of I, fucking teacher. I'm gonna have to pull you back from that fantasy for just a minute because I'm telling you right now, if John C. Riley gets jacked, he's gonna look like fucking Carrot Top. I'm just saying. That'd be funny. I'm. You say that like it's a problem. It's if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do that, can you please have Carrot Top as his trainer? Yes, oh my obviously. God. Just have Carrot I Top as his this. trainer. <laughs> but it's no, it's no, 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 it's so bad that Carrot you want to go see it just to see the, the train wreck. Times. I was gonna say Carrot Top appears at the most awkward times, like he's in the middle of a lecture telling these students, like he's Stop a math professor, but he's fucking like. <laughs> He's, you know, yeah, you know, he's a math professor and he's just jacked. And then midway through his lecture, the door opens and Carrot Top's there with dumbbells being like, drop down and give me 20! And he says, and just drops down and starts doing 20 push-ups. <laughs> okay, I'm going to cast against type one more time. One more time. Because these guys are taking a trip. We have so much cast. Yes. Well, oh, we have course, one guy well, that we... We've got to have, we've got to have Robert Brown. One guy that we... I'm starting to forget what the plot is. You can have a, a bunch of nobodies after this, but so they're basically going to Washington, D.C. on a plot to take out the president. I want Danny DeVito as the president. Seeing as you mentioned him. <laughs> yes. I want Danny yes. DeVito as the president. Yes. In his, in his one-piece outfit from when he was in... Uh, 
Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. His wrestling outfit. <laughs> when when he's ready to throw yes. down, he just rips off the suit and he, he's got the the outfit underneath. I want Charlie Day to be his fucking vice. Charlie Day as his vice president. Yes. I like the idea of Charlie Day as the vice president, but only if you don't think the idea of Charlie Day just being his secretary. Like the gopher that has to do everything for him. Yeah. But here's, here's something else I want to say. Just just to add on to this, on, onto this already fuck, clusterfuck of a movie, I want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed up as a woman playing the first lady. I just want to see Arnold as his wife. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Arnold, we have to hire a decent makeup artist. Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed up like Melania Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Miss B just hates this already because of the because you mentioned Trump. That's it. You just mentioned that one word. <laughs> well, I was either going to say that or Kim Kardashian. Which one would you rather see? Oh, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed up like Kim Kardashian or Melania Trump. You pick. <laughs> she's like, I'm not picking. She's she's taking the headset off. He is going to give me That's the idea. Oh no! And for this entire movie, for this entire movie, Honey's character has no tattoos whatsoever. Fuck it. You know what? I'm going to change my mind. We don't have to do. We do not have to do Melania Trump. Or Kim Kardashian, as long as you agree to let me dress him like Barbara Bush. Yes. <laughs> you let me dress him like Barbara Bush, and we're good. Okay. But I, do you know, what I also want to see. I want to see. I want to see them CGI Arnold to make him look like at least twenty years younger. So as the, as this first lady lookalike, he's stupid jacked. I just want to see that. Well, he is fairly jacked with a dad okay. tummy at this point, though. Mm. Okay. Now, how does Miss B? How, now, how does Miss B stop Robert Downey Jr.? How does Miss B? With maths, math. with maths, algebraic. <laughs> <laughs> just confuses Robert Downey Jr. completely. What's nine plus ten? Uh, it just breaks. Down. I feel. At this particular juncture, when we're discussing how, as a superior mathematician, Miss B would defeat Robert Downey Jr. as the supervillain, it would be prudent to have somebody here right now that had a decent grasp of math. Uh, <laughs> I can do math. Don't get I me wrong. Get, you, I can tell you right now on that. I, I am terrible at math. So, <laughs> can you read a script? Like, can you read a script? Yeah. Right. But the thing we, fine. to be able to, to defeat maths. him with to, to be able to defeat him with math, we have to have somebody here that can give us something plausible. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. Right. Right now, mathematically, I couldn't think of shit that's fucking plausible to fucking defeat a supervillain. I'm gonna need to get a mathematician, somebody that is like. Up here, and right or, now, or, or maybe, you see this. If we're calling no, okay. the mathematician, we need up here. My math skills are like well, you can't even see it on the screen. It's like down here. 
That's where I am. Okay, I, okay I've just used math. I've just worked in physics and no, devised some kind say, of MacGyver no, photon gun. No, I was going to say, I just thought about this. So, Miss B uses her mathematician skills. So, the two people you cast as the two cyborgs aren't cyborgs yet. They're normal people. Okay? But somewhere in the film, that's when they have an accident. And to save their lives, Miss B teams up with an engineer who's also in the same course as her in this in this college, where she has to use her mathematician skills to, to work out some equations to help these people. And the engineer does it and performs surgery on these people to then turn them into cyborgs. And she uses these cyborgs to help stop Robert Downey Jr. from taking over the president, basically, like from getting rid of the president. So that way the mathematics is still in there. She has to use mathematics to help turn these people into cyborgs to, to save their life, basically. The entire time I'm building the cyborgs, we're listening to today, Tenacious D. Yes. Fuck yeah. I just want to see Jack Black just tilt his head into the room at that point and be like, turn that crap off. Just, just, just completely <laughs> out of character. <laughs> Two things I'm going to say right here. Number one, thank you for officially shutting me up, Tom. <laughs> just, <laughs> I have no idea how to do this. And Tom's like, I got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at stuff like that. <laughs> Number two, Miss B, I like your idea. In fact, I think we take it the next level, and we hire Tenacious D to compose the music and do the soundtrack. We can't because Jack Black. I'm sorry, Jack Black's the the uh, principal. So how can he do the soundtrack? Uh, what? Oh wait, I just realized what you meant. Sorry, you I just realized what you meant. Backtrack. <laughs> Stupid moment. <laughs> I had a brain fart moment. Leave me alone. First yeah, of yeah. all. First of all, if for some fucking reason we had to have a live on-scene soundtrack, I'm sure Jack Black could come up with something ridiculous enough to make that look like it worked. I'm just saying. I want a live on-scene still, I, fucking musical part for Jack Black. Like, I'm just picturing this entire... No, I, want to see, I want Jack Black dancing with me in the lab while we're making cyborgs. I'm picturing this entire no, thing taking see, place I... with a musical pit. Like... He's conducting the whole thing while the action's going on out here. And you can actually see the entire <laughs> orchestra pit going on, you know? And, like, I every time one of his scenes come up, he just puts on his jacket and runs out of the orchestra pit to do its thing. His hands are still moving while he's no, doing his scene. <laughs> I, I, no, I, like I said, I still want to see it one minute. When uh, Miss B puts on the music, midway through them, we're, like, working on these cyborgs. Fucking Jack Black just tilts his head round and just says, turn that crap off to Tenacious D. And then she just kind of looks at him, looks at the album cover, looks back at him and goes, wait a minute. Like, just does that, just like a... And just turns that shit up. This is fucking you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I pull out a reference. Right. I'm like, wait, 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 you motherfucker. Yes. I know who you really are. And we've come back full circle to Tenacious D. <laughs> we, have well, began the Tenacious D we began the podcast, and right about now, we are officially ending the podcast with Tenacious D. <laughs> of course. So, I would like to just uh, give a brief thank you to our listeners and to the few viewers that have popped in during the live portion of our podcast on Facebook. 
and uh and twitch and twitch oh yes and twitch and uh to any of the uh yeah. people that uh, saw your little shout out on did you do another one on tiktok yeah oh wow i got a weird pain in my shoulder but uh yeah no i've, I've put well. out another oh, video of that <laughs> I put out another video on uh, TikTok about the Twitch and podcast recording and where to find us and all that good shit. Wow, and so few people actually found us. Beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, Say thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to us, watch us, or whatever the hell you happen to be doing to us. And uh, we will see you next that week. That sounded so wrong. Where for our... I'm... What? Are you Okay. You said, whatever you're doing to us, I was like, huh? What? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure there's a lot of places you can go there. If you're watching us, listening to us, or whatever you happen to be doing to us. I... Okay. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. We're going to leave it at that. Anyway, thank you. I'm going to end the stream on Twitch. Thank you for your time and your patience, and uh, see you next week.